The pay disparity between the men and women is, is just too large and, and we want to continue to fight. The generation of players before us fought and now it's our job to, to keep on fighting. The pay cap for the women's Major League Soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for men's Major League Soccer. 11 times. Rapino gets across him. It's towards one Listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello and welcome. You are listening to episode 38 of Give and Go. I am your host, Rotas Wadera. Thank you so much for making the choice to listen to us at Girls Soccer Network. And again, Merry, Merry Christmas. If you are fortunate enough to have this opportunity to spend time with your family, please enjoy that. If you do not, we love you. We are here for you as well. Okay, no matter who you are, enjoy this Christmas as best as you possibly can. All right. Now let's get into it. As always, we got to tell you more about www.girlssoccernetwork.com. All the latest merch, news, all the latest stuff that you're gonna need in order to take your game to the next level. You will find it there. And if you want to listen to this podcast because you're such a big fan, you can tell Siri to play it in many different ways to play by show name based on how new it is based on the episode you can ask siri what podcast this is and most importantly subscribe to the show guys and give us your comments give us whatever feedback that you could possibly give us either through the site or however right we want to give you the best content possible two other updates for you of course we mentioned last time on the ball instagram live show Trivia just for you. One of our senior writers, Hannah, has been doing this along with Weekly Footy Pop, which she also does. But again, this is at Sunday, 4 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern, every Sunday. Again, be sure to check that out, guys. And also, go to our Instagram page, at Girls Soccer Network, Twitter, at Girls Soccer Net. But at Girls Soccer Network, we almost once a week... Multiple times a week, we have a day in the league with the ECNL where we take you into what it's like. Different players from around the league with all the different teams, different areas of the country. It's a really, really cool experience to see some of the different perspectives from some of these players as they try to get to the collegiate level. Some of them have committed already. Some of them are still looking in terms of college visits, recruiting visits, things of that nature. So a lot of great stuff there with the day in the ECNL as well. And of course, Black Lives Matter. They have always mattered. They will continue to matter. And Farmers Protest, the largest human protest in India is going on right now. Educate yourselves on that, guys, if you can, please. All right. Now that that's out of the way, this is a special podcast. It's the end of the year. What a year 2020 was, man. What a year it was. We've got... The NWSL, we've got the W League returning. A very, very special interview with Samantha Johnson. She's got some great stories, great pieces of advice that you are definitely going to want to hear. You are not going to want to miss this. I'm telling you, you are not going to want to miss this. So we have the Samantha Johnson interview, NWSL news, of course, FAWSL, the NCAA, what's going to happen with the World Cup, the Olympics, all that stuff we're going to get into. 
this episode, the Guardian Top 100 list came out, so a lot to get to. Let's get started. It's hard to not look back on 2020 with a bit of, you know, sadness. I think we were all at first under the impression that maybe we could return, right? Life would return and go back to normal at some point, but that never happened, right? And we kind of lost all of 2020, but the NWSL did not sit idle. They did not sit back. They immediately got right back out there. Lisa Baird, if there was like an award for like commissioner of the year, I think Lisa Baird wins it hands down. She's running circles around all the other commissioners of all the other sports leagues. You look at the NFL, NBA, baseball, they had no clue. I mean, NBA did with the bubble, but even now with the new season opening and then baseball and football, like the postponement of games, the way they've handled the situation, it's not nearly as great as what the NWSL has been able to achieve. And that with two competitions, two. We started with the Challenge Cup, where we saw the emergence of the Houston Dash. Then you had the Fall Series, which was kind of to give the players a little bit of a break and ended up being a showcase for some of the younger players. But that was the Portland Thorns who actually capture that crown but Houston Dash coming in second place there almost won that as well so this definitely was a big year for Houston in terms of taking the leap and getting to that next step so we're gonna have to see exactly how Houston is able to build on this but it's hard not to look at the year that Christy Mew has had along with Rachel Daly now Rachel Daly left for England to play at West Ham during the fall series but to see Daly and Mewis during that Challenge Cup run was something special and Shea Groom. Can't forget that trio right there unlocked something for the Houston Dash this year. And so to see them do what they did in such an impressive fashion, uh, you have to be excited and optimistic about their future. Portland as well winning the fall series. Like you could see how quickly they pivoted from the Challenge Cup, because they did not look great there. They did not. And then pivoted to the Fall Series with the younger players. That young front three of Simone Charlie, Sophia Smith, and Morgan Weaver is going to be a problem. A real problem. And then you have Christine Sinclair still doing it. Rocky Rodriguez providing the backbone of that team with a Dizzle still there. With that back line, you have to like what Portland has as well. Also want to highlight how 2020 was the year of not just Christy Mewis, but Sam Mewis. The Mewis sisters, that family must be so incredibly proud of what they've been able to achieve. Christy was awarded MVP for her work in the NWSL. And then, of course, Sam Mewis was named USA Women's Player of the Year, which was, again, so well-deserved. I think Julie Ertz is obviously in that discussion. We say that every year. But Sam Mewis, what she has done going over to England... And then going over and being one of the best players in that league also, I think is what solidified her in winning that award and winning the respect of everyone around the world. Like she's immediately gone into Manchester and proven that she is like a top five midfielder, maybe even top three, wherever you want to put her. She's definitively a top five midfielder in the world. Lastly, when it comes to the NWSL, we have additions and subtractions, a lot of moving parts, a lot of excitement for new franchises, some sad news for some old ones. Louisville has been added, right? Racing Louisville, Christy Holly, we have the interview. Go check out that episode. Angel City, 
LA, baby. We're going to have a team in LA. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. That's going to be so great going to games. Season ticket holder. Might become a member. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. And then Sacramento. So we're expanding out of California too. Sacramento will be a nice market for a team, I think. A nice small market for a women's team to really grow and for it to be their team. And because there is a USL team there, I believe, which might run in conjunction, but they will be that first professional team out of Sacramento, which is huge. And then in terms of subtraction, I think in a, in a bit of a shocking move, Kansas City is back. Kansas City is back. We could have the Boston slash Northeast area soon. But again, I believe Patrick Mahomes' fiance or wife, Brittany Matthews, is one of the minority owners for this Kansas City group. So it's a different group from before. That's why they must have felt comfortable taking it back there. And I think you have a good, strong fan base there in Kansas City as it is. So it seems like the right move for Utah, though. Wow, what a tough situation there. Obviously, you have Deloy Hansen having to sell the team, and there was no one who was willing to keep it in Utah. And I think Utah themselves also decided to pull out from this venture for a little while and then get right back after it, maybe in 2023. I think that type of hiatus will be good. For the city and for the organization yes it's it's unfortunate anytime a franchise leaves it's never good when that happens never good but considering the scandal considering how things went down there i think everyone is okay with this i think the league and everyone else is okay okay we can kind of get everyone to forget about what happened in utah for a little bit we can focus on taking our league to new heights with all these new teams all this other great stuff that being said as I mentioned earlier, we have a very special interview with Samantha Johnson, who is making her comeback. She is someone who is very different from anyone else when it comes to women's soccer. Really someone who does what speaks to her. She's not going to blend in, not here to conform, not here to you know, play nicey-nice with people. She's here to, to live her best life. Right, And so that's what this interview is about, not just her comeback, what she's been doing off the field, discovering herself, but also she has a very interesting story about her time with the Utah Royals and actually meeting Delroy Hansen, who again, all of that right here, right now, you no longer have to wait for it. Samantha Johnson interview, guys, right here. Samantha, how are you and what's your mindset and headspace been in light of all of the craziness going on in the world today? take a deep breath before you answer that mm -hmm. I mean I think personally I'm I'm fine I'm just trying to really be focused on myself and being obviously a better person every day and I've always liked that normally but I think it's especially relevant during this time and then I have a lot of things like outside of soccer that I work on that kind of cater to that helping the kids and doing mentorship stuff so that's gotten a lot more attention just naturally because of the year has been a little crazy. So, but I think it's going well and I hope 2021 will be better. You talked about things that you were doing off of the pitch and what are some of those things in terms of describing your journey and what you were doing when you took time off? Because not many players would have the guts to do what you did and just 
step away because your because your body and your soul was it was telling you that right like that's right yeah it was more of like such a mental and emotional struggle right like physically I, I was obviously capable but when you have the mental and emotional part like weighing on you it could affect you physically of course so yeah I just decided I didn't want to play anymore because I was just fed up with you know the day-to-day of being a pro and what I was really hyper-focused on what it wasn't giving me. And I think after six years, I just kind of like was over it because I felt like I had invested and sacrificed so much basically for nothing. So that's why I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm really smart and talented enough. So I like quitting was actually like the hardest thing to do only because I knew like it was the right thing to do. I can't just do something, you know, halfway. Like, I have to do it full on, so. Mm -hmm. And talk about some of the other endeavors, the the mentorships, the working with kids. What were some things that you did to kind of help yourself recover from that time off? Mm -hmm. So I've been working on, like, my brand better for a while, like, the last two to three years-ish, and it just, in the last year, came about, like, publicly, and I really figured out how I wanted to leverage, I guess, like, what I did in soccer, like, you know, the people I met, pretty much, and I wanted to, I figured out how I wanted to help the kids, and how I wanted to impact education, so I had targeted this demographic of kids who basically, you know, could or have learning disabilities or behavior challenges or whatever, and I decided I like that demographic, just because I don't feel like they get a lot of the differentiated support in school that they need or the resources so I wanted to be the person to figure out how to provide them with all of that great stuff so I started basically a mentorship program which actually took me up until now to actually launch it so we're launching one in Pondo at a school and then one in Chicago at a club team. And it's basically my pro athlete friends <laughs> are the mentors and myself doing that. So it's pretty cool. And it's all about, you know, teaching the kids how to set long-term, short-term goals, vision boards, just really thinking outside of themselves in a, like a healthy way. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. You've done all this great stuff off of the pitch, but now – what are your reasons for coming back? Have you found that love for the game again? No, like I've never lost the love actually. Okay. <laughs> but, so it's it's not that like I didn't love the game or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. that the I guess economical structure or the reality of how the women's side works is just not conducive for a long period of time. You know, mm-hmm. so you're putting in all this time and effort for no financial return if you will so i met my agent recently a couple months ago and so she basically helped me align like what i wanted to do off the field and how to leverage like my talent and luckily i'm still very good at soccer thank god and so i can really like be good at what i do but then also leverage like my celebrity if you will to try and implement more programming and get my school up and running for the kids in the next two years Awesome. And why Australia now that you're going back and why Melbourne City? How excited are you for this new opportunity? Oh, yeah. Melbourne City is great. Obviously, I've only ever played against them, but like I've only heard great things about like the club. So I'm so glad I'm here and I'm a part of the city football group and like in that network and in the family because it's amazing. But I, Australia, 
I always love coming playing here. Like it's it's my fourth time here, so I'm very familiar with it. And Melbourne, especially, city just kind of came about just the nature of how the conversations went and who was responding when. So the timing was kind of just perfect, and how they responded to my agent when she was reaching out. But I'm very very thankful that they decided to sign me. You know and and I think it says, like, I guess a lot about what I did before in the game. You know what I mean? They had so much faith that I'm still, you know, the player that I was or probably, I hope, an even better version because I'm a lot more mature and smarter. So hopefully, you know, I can perform and help the young ones really get up to speed and what it's like to be a, a real professional in, in the W League. And we've got about, I think, two, two and a half weeks before the season starts. How's training and everything with the team, your teammates, all that situation's looking good? Yeah, no, it looks good. Everyone keeps kind of harping on, like, how young the team is. But I think it's great that the team is young, you know, and we don't have – I think women's football really emphasizes, like, the names and who the names are in the game versus trying to, like, find the new names, (laughs) you know what I mean? Mm -hmm that are going to come about. So I think that if I can say anything or do anything for the young kids, it's like they have an opportunity to make a name for themselves and get the, the type of minutes and experience that they would never get if, you know, the rest of my age group pretty much was here playing. So they have a really good opportunity, and I, I only want to help them pretty much realize, like, this is a big big opportunity and take advantage of it, but then also help them go through the growing pains because there, there will be a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you'd mentioned you're in a great spot now, but previously, before you stepped away, you were with the Utah Royals. And mm-hmm. ha- having been a part of that organization, immersed in it, seeing the toxic culture that, that was ongoing there, what were some things you saw, heard, an experience that made you say that something's not right here? I actually never really thought that until the news stuff started like leaking out which mm-hmm. was this year obviously mm-hmm. and so like when I first when I first got traded there actually first of all I was like thank god I'm here because we finally have like prop standards you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. coming from Chicago mm-hmm. and so I was like I'm finally on a team where I love my coach and like the facility is amazing and so when I got traded with Kristen they basically like I hadn't met the owner straight away like it, it kind of took me like maybe like a few days or to a week before I actually had met the owner because he's so busy or whatever and so the staff would always be telling me like oh like Deloy is so he's so great like you know he's a little like inappropriate but like he doesn't mean it and I was just was thinking like what does that even mean you know what I mean like why do you guys everyone like everybody in the building would be telling me that like oh have you met Dolo yet I'm like no not yet like oh like he means well like he sometimes he just says weird things and I'm like what are you guys talking about? You know what I'm saying? And so I just kept getting this, like, Deloitte's great, but he says weird things, so don't worry about it type of vibe. And I'm like, okay. So I'm, like, not really thinking of anything, right? And then, like, (laughs) when I met him, and, like, he is actually quite lovely. And so I Mm -hmm. met him, and he's, like, talking about we were talking about North Carolina for some reason. I don't remember why. I don't remember if we were playing them or not. But he was talking about them, and he referenced their players as, like, African gazelles. And I just remember oh. thinking, oh, that's what they were oh talking my. about. Oh, my God. Like, and I just looked at Kristen, and we just looked at each other, and we're like, oh, that's what they meant. Okay. Oof. So, you know what I mean? And I, I wasn't, like, offended. I just thought, oh, what an interesting way to... <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, whatever, you know? 
Oh and like he wasn't God. being derogatory. Like he was dead ass serious. And I was just like, okay. Anyways, whatever. So I was just like, okay, like that's exactly what the people were warning me about, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I just didn't think twice of it. But then, then when all the shit hit the fan like this year, mm-hmm. I just thought, how strange. The same people that were warning me about Delay are looking around like they're shocked that he's just not being I'm like, you're the ones that told me he was like this. Like, why is everyone acting surprised? <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, they're like, he's a racist. I'm like, well, he's not racist but like he just said very inappropriate things that are not you know what i'm saying like Uh clearly not an in a progressive communication you know strategy right now but i was just like but no one ever like corrected him or said like don't say that like you can't say that it's a pr nightmare type Mm -hmm. of thing you know Mm -hmm. so i was like "Hmm, okay whatever wow thank you for that thank you for that that's an incredible story you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah that's just that's highly <laughs> highly suspicious highly suspicious i think it was like crystal and jess mcdonald and lynn and i just thought oh jesus christ oh so going down the list oh god <laughs> he's like where did they get those african goods i'm like fucking hell So overall, though, experience in Utah was good. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah. My God. Like, couldn't ask for better facilities. Couldn't ask for really better people in general. Like, everyone just was, like, chill. You know, mm-hmm. everyone was cool. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like, the shit literally hit the fan. But it was just, like, 2020, man. Like, I guess it's just bound to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some weird things have been happening. So when I just kept turning up to practice and they were like, oh, the coach is gone. So-and-so's gone. I was like, well, damn. Is there a staff left? You know what I mean? <laughs> right, yeah. All right, so last question for you, Sam. You've worked with us at Girls Soccer Network before. We mm-hmm. had the Dream On segment. It's on our YouTube channel. Go check it out to everyone listening. You've given great life advice, kind of used it as a way to release your thoughts and, and talk about life. What advice do you have now that we have a pandemic to navigate as well? And does, does your message change in terms of your self-journey and focusing on yourself? No, like, that's the thing, like, the message, if your message changes, like, I just feel like you're doing something wrong, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, like, then it's not, it's not true, and it's not authentic, if it keeps changing, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. despite whatever messed up or good things are happening in the world, so I'm just like, my thing is always so simple, like, I'm just like, I literally just like, be better type of thing, which is a personal thing that I just kind of said out loud to people, because I'm like, it's just really all about, like, not making excuses, you know what I'm saying, like, when adversity hits, or whatever hits in life it's like just try and like make yourself better before you like maybe point the finger or like blame someone else or something for a situation right like that's really where it stems from is when I was using it in soccer as a child Mm -hmm. so like make myself like just focus on me and not other players you know what I'm saying and Mm -hmm. so I always just obviously say that but like I mean the whole like be humble, stay true to yourself, remember where you came from, like, that's always going to be a thing for me, I guess, and just always true, because no matter where you go, or or how the life hits you, like, you can always stay true to those things, because it just keeps you centered and grounded, you know, and I feel like people struggle with being centered and grounded when adversity is, like, hitting the hardest. Again, that was Samantha Johnson making her comeback with Melbourne City in the W League, and excited, super, super excited for her. Again, that was quite the story, was it not? 
quite the story with Deloy Hansen. It definitely provides some great context for kind of what was going on during that time, the inappropriate behavior, the toxic culture, that type of stuff. Okay, so it was quite the year in the NWSL. We didn't have much in terms of the USA women's national team, right? We did get to see them against the Netherlands recently. Speaking of Europe, we have the FAWSL. And now that timing of them getting the opportunity to wait it out a little bit before the next season, this is the perfect time for them to grow their league as well. You're looking at the addition of Sam Kerr last year. Then you get Samantha Mewis, Rose Lavelle, and Alex Morgan. This is huge for the league for both sides to really, once again, bridge that gap and hopefully strengthen this relationship here and get both sides to understand that they're both really good at football and there should be more mutual respect rather than this kind of media-hyped rivalry that's been built up because of what happened, the tea drinking celebration, all that good stuff, right? It should be a, a thing of appreciation to see Sam and Rose playing so well for Manchester City. Well, Rose still is working her way into the side. Sam Mewis, as we mentioned earlier, went right in right away and has been dominant. Alex Morgan having her child and now trying to get back to full match fitness. I'm not sure Tottenham was the best fit for her. I think having been in London before, I think she wanted to, you know, stick with what was comfortable for her and I think Tottenham might not have been the best choice but still an opportunity for her to get back to full strength and be the player that they expect her to be. Rose Lavelle working her way into the side. It is going to be tougher in England. I think the game for her there is a little more not I wouldn't say physical but I think defenses and, and coaches will be way more weary on the scouting report of what her strengths and weaknesses are and closing her off in situations where she could be dangerous. So going forward, Rose is going to be able to do a lot, but again, the FAWSL doing great things. Also, I literally didn't even mention Tobini the Kristen Press, who have changed the complexion of the title race in England altogether. When it seemed like it was Chelsea, Manchester City, and Arsenal, now you have Manchester United at the top of the table heading into the new year, which is incredible. You see how Tobin Heath is playing, and you're wondering if you're a Portland Thorns fan, maybe she just lost the motivation to play for Portland because right now she is like a woman possessed. You can see the anger, the passion, the willingness to want to just win, the competitive desire. Tobin has that more than almost any other player in the world and you see it after she celebrates each goal her teammates are like happy but they're not shouting and screaming and banging their chest like Tobin is like they're not doing that they're, they're keeping their composure Tobin's Tobin's going crazy and she has every right to right self-expression but Manchester United are top of the table right now and very very excited about that as a Manchester United fan if they can hold on, it would be quite the story. I don't know if they have the legs to hold on this season, but it would be quite the story if Manchester United were able to hold on to the title. College. The college season. I mean, this was a whole other situation, right? When you look at navigating the pandemic, COVID, how is this going to work? The large majority of the conferences in America decided to just say, 
we can't do this, this is it for us. And so you only had the Big 12, ACC, SEC, essentially some of the big conferences. And then I think some small ones too, the Southland and a couple others, essentially areas that were not affected nearly as much by COVID earlier on because it hadn't spread to those areas yet. And so this definitely allowed for us to barely just squeeze in a college season, at least a, a conference schedule season, which was great. TCU ended up winning the Big 12 the first time they've done that in school history. A big deal for them to beat out West Virginia. Florida State, Mark Krikorian and his team seem to have Ansa Dorrance's number when it comes to the ACC tournament, beating them again. And, and it was pretty convincing between Jalen Howell, and, and Yuji Zhao, they have so much, so much talent there at Florida State. Not to say that North Carolina does not, but Florida State looked the better team against North Carolina on that day to win the ACC crown. We'll see. There was talks about bringing college back for a spring with a full NCAA tournament and all that. I still think they're working on that. And then arguably the biggest story in college sports this year for two reasons. First of all, the biggest thing was Vanderbilt being the seventh seeded team and the seventh best team in the SEC in the regular season, running the table to win it all, beating Arkansas, who had been there four times prior in the final. Vanderbilt beats them. Cinderella story. So that was amazing, first of all, to see that. Because, you know, in these tournaments, usually a top three seed wins. But to have a seven-seeded Vanderbilt team win the tournament was something special. And then their goalkeeper did something even more special. Sarah Fuller, because of the pandemic and COVID restrictions, Vanderbilt had no kickers. They had no one. And so who do you call? Goalkeeper Sarah Fuller, who has blossomed into a star, really, before our very eyes, just for making two appearances for the Vanderbilt Commodores. And... The best story is her going into the men's locker room at halftime, right? And giving them a fired up speech. Because Vanderbilt football, let me explain to the listeners, is not very good at all. Vanderbilt football is probably, they're probably the worst team in the conference. And so for her to have that perspective of, hey, like this isn't good enough. You got we need to pick up our intensity here for her to have the courage to do that and the strength to do that. I mean, hats off to you, Sarah Fuller. Like, wow. That is incredible what you were able to do, this impact that you've been able to have in such a short period of time to inspire others. It's truly incredible. Thank you, Sarah Fuller, for what you've done. That's definitely one of the stories of the year. All right, as we get to the end of 2020 we have some important World Cup news that was announced. 32 teams. We will have 32 teams in expansion. Just what we need for this World Cup. More teams, more opportunities for a country's story, a country's heritage, a country's history can be told through the World Cup that would never be able to be exposed to the rest of the world before. Okay, so we have... 29 of the 32 participation slots um, that are available right now, six are for the Asiatic region, four from Africa, four are from the United States region, CONCACAF, three are from Comnibol or South America, one for the Oceania region, because again, 
Australia and New Zealand are the hosts, so you only get one slot there, and then 11 slots from Europe, because that's where, I guess, the most amount of concentrated countries are. Normally, you might argue, oh, it's because they're the best, but that's not true, because we, the United States are the best. But Australia and New Zealand, of course, are going to be hosting it directly. So their quotas have already been filled. That's why you have the one slot left. So it's going to be a phenomenal World Cup. We're coming up on almost two years now, 2023. So it's actually not, it's very close. It's closer than we think. And it's going to be very, very exciting. We can't also forget about the Olympics over the summer, the U.S. Women's National Team getting ready. Will we see Carly Lloyd? Will we see Megan Rapinoe in a USA jersey ever again? I'm not sure. Like, we have a better chance of seeing Carly Lloyd in a U.S. Women's National Team jersey than we probably do see seeing Megan Rapinoe because Megan Rapinoe's been living her best life, like, idle, just chilling. I'm sure she's got her own workout or whatever she's got going on inside to keep herself and do whatever she needs to do. That's her business, but I'm sure... Like, it's going to take a little bit of time for Rapino to get back into the swing of things, whereas Carly is training every day. Like, that's a guarantee. Carly is 110% training right now on Christmas Day, like, obsessively, like, Vladko, you're not going to take my spot. Like, Vladko is not taking my spot. Like, that's just how Carly is wired. And so don't be surprised if she finds a way onto that Olympic roster anyway, along with a couple of younger players. But... Vlatko has some tough choices, only 18 players available to select, so going to be some tough choices that have to be made. We'll have to see how that plant pans out, but love what the U.S. Women's National Team have done over this period under Vlatko, and they're definitely poised to win a gold medal. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Alrighty. Another fun piece of 2020. The Guardian Top 100 list, and this has been the third year running, I believe, and this might be the best list I think we have, not just because of the top, but because of some new names. It gives us the opportunity to learn about that we would not normally learn about. Tabata Chawinga coming in at number 100 from Malawi. That is so cool. We've had Katlana and Mothlalo for South Africa playing the NWSL, but a Malawian killing it over in China as one of their top scorers, that's a really, really cool add to the list. Thank you for the judges for getting her on there. There's a couple other players. There's Ludmila for Brazil, who could be the next big star for them as we have a changing of the guard, so to speak, with Marta and Formiga, who are again still playing. Formiga also made the list somehow at 8.42. She is just a marvel in and of herself. But when you look at the top 100, a lot of fun players overall to kind of break down and take a look at. But I'm definitely a fan of Ludmila, definitely a fan of Tabitha Chewinga. And last, other important name, Saragama in Italy. Making history in a way that few have been able to do in Italy. Because that that's not, I mean, I know it's tough here in America, but Italy, I don't think, is that nearly as progressive in terms of women in the workplace as America is. Like, Sarah Gama becoming the first vice president of the Italian Players Association. Like, they have a representative now. They have someone who will go to war for them, who will fight for them. And Saragama's been one of the best players in Italy as a defender for quite some time now. 
And not only that, is she being rewarded for her work on the pitch, but off of it as well. So it's really, really cool to see some new players, names we haven't heard, make this list. Why don't we also go through the top 15? Let's take a closer look here at the Guardians' top 15 and see what we think of it. Coming in at 15 with Ji Soyun at 16. I honestly think Ji Soyun should be in the top 15, top 10 even. Sam Yu is coming in right at 15. Again, she also to me is top 10, but we're going to see who we could maybe swap her out with. Jenny Hermoso, no doubt about it. One of the best in the world for Barcelona and Spain at 14. I think that's fair. Dabinia at 13. I would probably put her in my top 10 as well. She's also just superb in every single way and can do everything like she is now the centerpiece for the North Carolina Courage depending on what happens with Sam Uis Dabinia is the centerpiece with Lynn Williams right there Eugenie Le Sommer coming in at 12 again this is like where it gets so tough also another tremendous tremendous midfielder like really really good and has been so good for so long dominating for Lyon she can go underappreciated sometimes but like she is definitively a top 15 player 12 is a good spot for her Saki Kumagai moves up 20 spots from last year and really she does it all for Lyon and for Japan a creator with tremendous technical quality can do so many different things and easily one of Asia's best players if not the best player along with Ji Soyun a joy to watch and someone who you can deploy pretty much anywhere. Number 10, Delphine Cascarino. Definitely one of the biggest movers. Definitely one of the biggest improvements made. At only 23 years old, she is already wreaking havoc. No one has completed more dribbles than Cascarino. And you could see it in the Champions League final against Wolfsburg earlier this year. She was shredding them up. A constant, constant threat. I think her pace, skill, and ability are going to make her very, very good for a long time. Delphine Cascarino deserving. I don't know if this might be a little high for her. This is where I might be able to put Sam Uis in this top 10 right there. Switch her and Cascarino. That might be the only change so far. Coming in at 9, Julie Ertz, of course, I, I might even just skip this because, I mean, do we even need to say anything about her anymore? There's everything that has needed to be said about her has been said. Just versatile, does it all, gives everything she has. Like, it's a no-brainer. It is a no-brainer, and that's why you could pick her to win USA Player of the Year again over Sam Lewis if you really wanted to. But I don't think that's the case. I think Julia is good right there at 9. Caroline Graham Hansen has taken off. You want to talk about fitting the mold and, and the brand and the idea of creative football that Barcelona want to play, and Caroline Graham Hansen fits that to a T. She deserves all the credit she's been getting, and she has the potential to really become a great partnership with Ada Hegerberg for Norway down the line. Just her on the ball is a treat. Just watch her dribble, watch her go to work. Like She's one of those players where you can watch her just make a simple pass and be like, wow, that was amazing. She's good at so many different things offensively. So Caroline Grant-Hampson, well-deserved. You come in at number eight. Sam Kerr at number seven. Interesting. I mean, considering she was the former number one player last year, I think 
COVID severely impacted her ability to, to be a little higher on this list was in a slow run of form to start. But once she's made the adjustment, she's made the adjustment really, really well. And so, again, top 10 player, no complaints here. Six, Amandino Henri. Yeah, I mean, pretty tough to argue that. From five last year down to six, just consistent as ever. Just one of the best in the world. I mean, it's why France and Lyon are so good. You have Henri and Wendy Renard and Le Sommer. That trio, you're not touching that. Jennifer Marzan, I think she is kind of regarded as the best midfielder in the world. I think year after year, she is the one who is in the running for the awards. Also has that special creative technical ability that not many other players have. And so her coming in at five, I don't think she necessarily had the best year compared to others. But if you're going from a talent perspective, you put her at five. I still think I would love to have Dabinia and Sam Uis in that top ten somehow to make room instead of these European players. But Wendy Renard at four, yes, without question. Wendy Renard is just the anchor for Lyon and for France. And still at age 30, still like going to dominate, still going to be great. Like she is the best center back in the world. There is no question coming in at four. Lucy Bronze. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good one. At number three, Manchester City in England single-handedly was one of the reasons they went on that World Cup run. Like doing it offensively and defensively. Really, really solid in all areas. Easy to have her here at number three. Two, Vivian Miedema. This is where I could, I could debate this between one and two. Vivian Miedema is absurd. Her goal scoring ability is absurd. Like just so, so proficient, so prolific at scoring. Like a literal machine. She raced to 10 goals in seven games at the start of the season, but it's just what she does now. And her finishing ability, her knack for the game is just something you cannot teach. And it, she's just a special, special player. And at age 24, she's going to break all of the records. All of them. Like, shatter them. Nikita Paris, whoever has that title for the most goals scored, it's not yours anymore. It's going to be Miedema's. She's going to take it. And she's going to keep it for possibly forever. I don't see another... <laughs> like, does anyone see another striker coming in here and just dominating the way she has? Like, if Sam Kerr can't come in and do it, who else is going to in England? So it's got to be Vivian Miedema. Number one, Pernille Harder. Back at number one, after two years ago in 2018, she was named top one of 100 players in the, in the Guardians list, playing a big part in getting Wolfsburg to the Champions League final against Lyon, just scoring a bunch of goals. Not only that, but she's created more chances than anyone else in Europe. Okay, so that as a forward, as a striker, she's created more chances than anyone in Europe. That is special. Forward that can score as well as she scores and can create. I think part of that also helps when you're at Chelsea, right? Because you're surrounded by great players who finish and you have more opportunities to create. But Pernille Harder, tough to argue with this one at, at number one. I think it definitely is a fair selection. But what an incredible list. We love it, love it, love it. And I love going through this list every year. So Pernille Harder at number one. 
tough to argue that. And again, the panel of judges did a great, great job. I believe it's writers, coaches, players from around the world who they compile and vote. So pretty accurate list here. Like you're going to get a very accurate reading based on what was given and what was studied for this. So again, the top 100 list, go to the Guardian, check it out. Okay, wrapping things up, we're going to tie a bow on 2020 with some NWSL news. Two big moves for the Washington Spirit. They are not going to sit idle either. They traded for Kelly O'Hara and Emily Sonnet and did not have to give up much of anything. Like, didn't have to give up any of their young core that they've spent so much time building, right? So if you're Washington, you get Kelly O'Hara and Emily Sonnet to shore up that back line with Sam Staub and Paige Nielsen, right? That's if Reggie Burke decides to go with Kelly O'Hara at one of those right or left back spots. But, I mean, that is just so exciting to have both of them there with their young group of players. Man, it's going to be an exciting 2021 season. We cannot wait. And it's going to be the biggest season in NWSL history, right? The biggest season. All the eyeballs, the sponsors, it's going to be an event. It's going to be an event that people are going to want to watch. And you want to make sure you are tuning in to all that great stuff. All right, guys, that is it for episode 38 of Give and Go. I am your host, Rotas Vajera, and thank you so much once again for making the choice to listen to us at Girls Soccer Network. Again, www.girlssoccernetwork.com. Check us out on Instagram at Girls Soccer Network and on Twitter at Girls Soccer Net. We also have a YouTube channel, Girls Soccer Network, there as well. Check out all the latest content, guys. Peace out. Have a happy holidays and a happy, happy new year. Let's make 2021 incredible. All right, guys. Peace. <laughs>